This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Hine, and you're listening to episode 51. Today, I'm talking with David Block. He is the founder and CEO of Prevenex. He has a passion for optimal health, wellness, and prevention, and started out as a research analyst covering the health and wellness industry. He specializes in nutritional supplements, reading clinical studies, touring manufacturing facilities, meeting with various companies, and immersing himself in the supplement and wellness industry on all levels. What I love about David's story is his journey to starting this company. He was on a path with a much different career and much different goals in life. And when he started Prevenex, his life purpose really became more clear to him. And I just loved hearing his story and his change in direction for his career path. And also, Prevenex has a really cool give back program for every customer order they have. They donate a bottle of their premium children's vitamins, Super Vites, to malnourished children around the world. They partner with a really awesome nonprofit to make sure those are distributed well. And uh, it was after the birth of his daughter that he decided he wanted to implement this give back program. So David has a really cool story and he's a really inspiring entrepreneur. I'm always interested in these kinds of stories and I cannot wait for you all to hear my episode with him. Uh, I do want to let you know too, he is sponsoring my other podcast, which is a running podcast. I'll have another. And after listening to this, if you are interested in trying out any of his products, you can use the code another at checkout when you go to prevenex.com and use the code another Um, And you can get 15% off your order if you are interested in trying out any of their awesome products. Um, You can also learn more about the give back program they have when you go to their website, prevenex.com. All right, friends, enjoy this conversation with David Block. All right. Well, today on the Illuminate podcast, we have David Block on the show. Welcome to the podcast, David. Thanks, Lindsay. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. We've developed a relationship through a sponsorship you have on one of my other podcasts. And the more I've learned about your company and your life, um, I'm super intrigued by entrepreneurs and how they run their businesses. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to interview you for the Illuminate podcast. Very excited. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Southern California, uh, love the Golden State of California, and um, went to college, went to UCLA out there, and um, made my way east. My wife is from northern New Jersey, so lived in New York City for 10 years, and long journey through all that. But yeah, grew up in Southern California, uh, has a special place in my heart for sure. Man, you went from like perfect, beautiful weather to, well, you get to experience all the seasons now. I do. And you know what? I'm actually a fan of the seasons. It's something, I mean, so California, it gets to 60 degrees maybe in November and people are in Ugg boots and (laughs) scarves. And like that to me was like, oh, this is cold. And right, New York City, totally different perspective on cold. But but yeah, it's kind of nice to have the seasons. I mean, I do enjoy it and we get to go back and forth a little bit. So that's nice too. Yeah, it's always funny when you're in somewhere like California that has weather like that. You can always tell the people who are transplants. Like you can tell, oh, that person is from a colder environment because they're not all bundled up in 60 degree weather. Like my friend Lauren, she lives uh, near L.A. and she's from the Boston area, though. So she like knows all weather. Yeah. And it's funny. So I remember the first winter I went back and I'm to California from New York City. And I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. It's like 60 degrees. I'm like, this is amazing. And everyone, it's just the perspective was totally different. So it's love it. But love, love both coasts. They're both special. Okay. So how did you and your wife meet? 
Oh, this is a story. So, all right. So I was living in New York City. I was moving back. I had a place in um, West Los Angeles, kind of Santa Monica border. And I was moving back to California from New York City. And my guy friends took me out for a going away, like steak dinner and just like night on the town. And, you know, New York City bars close at 4 a.m. And this is when I was a younger man. Um, <laughs> can't even think about 4 a.m. these days. But um, we we were calling it a night, and my guy friends were kind of propping me. They're like, "Hey, one last hurrah at our favorite bar." I was like, "Guys, I'm leaving tomorrow. I mean, I got to get my rest." And what ended up happening was, you know, they kind of just got me to have one more beer. We're walking into this bar. It's like 2:45 in the morning, <laughs> and which yeah, it's crazy, but. Um, my wife, my now wife and her friends were walking in at the same time. And I mean, I was in no mindset whatsoever to be meeting anyone. I mean, <laughs> my eyes were fixed on California again. And it's a longer story, but basically we, we kind of hit it off. I was playing wingman and the more we talked, just the more, just something sparked and um, went back a few weeks later for our official first date. And I mean, the rest is history. That's wild because you just don't assume that that's how you're going to meet your future spouse. And when it works out that way, it's so cool. Um, and I cannot imagine being at the bar at 3 a.m. at this point in my life. <laughs> Nor can I, Lindsay. Not I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I lived that life too. And I now my head hurts just thinking about it because I'm like, even if I got home at 3.30 in the morning, I don't. I, I would still naturally just like wake up by seven, you know, like what a miserable next day. Oh, we're older and wiser now, though, aren't we? For sure. Yeah. Even saying it, I couldn't even believe I used to do that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a different life with kids, but it's an amazing life. Well, you know what? In college, what I did was I we would go out, you know, with everybody else. And I had a waitressing job at the Village Deli down in Bloomington, Indiana. And I would get up and wait breakfast tables at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings when, like, I remember serving, you know, the other college students that would wake up hungover and come in at, like, 9, and I'd been, you know, in there guzzling water since 6.30 getting ready for the day. So, um, yeah, man, rough life. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your path to starting your own business because it's definitely unique and interesting, and I think that – from what I know about your story, you were in a place where you could just keep going, going, going in the career you had set out for yourself. And you just felt like this isn't the life for me. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'm happy to. So I started my career as a research analyst uh, covering the health and wellness space. And this was in the early 2000s. And so what that meant was my industry was nutritional supplements uh, organic foods, weight loss companies, some natural skincare. And, but my goal in doing that was always, I want to launch a hedge fund one day. That's like eyes on the prize. I read a careers in finance book. I was like, this, this sounds amazing. Let's go for it. And as a research analyst, my job was to read clinical studies all day, tour supplement manufacturing facilities, um, meet with companies, meet with investors and kind of write reports on advising the investment community on you know, the, the investment merits of really the nutritional supplement industry became my core area of expertise. And so I guess as I'm a research analyst, a couple things stood out. One was I'm reading all this proper clinical data that supported taking advanced levels of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, omegas, probiotics, things of that nature. And I was a, a former scholarship athlete, never took supplements, had this, this real negative bias towards them. My, my dad was a physician. That's about as close as I can get to figuring out why I had this like negative bias. But, mm. um, but I'm reading this, this data and I'm like, wow, like, why did I not know this stuff? And then the second thing, as I'm looking at the industry, it, it was almost like you had an industry that's pretty much unregulated. There, there is technically regulation, but it's more like a self-policing standard. And you had companies preying on consumers where unless you had a background in nutritional science, you just had no shot understanding what ingredients would benefit you, what products would benefit you. And so that is, was an important kind of part of my journey because I'm not in the mindset of starting a health and wellness business. I'm like locked into, let me help investors make really good decisions 
And, but I'm learning all this stuff and it just created this passion for educating people about what I was learning, you know, like physiologically, what do specific nutrients do at a cellular level? And just, just, I felt like I had life extending information and I just would tell people about it. And, um, so that passion was developed then had a really good run as a research analyst and ended up launching um, my own hedge fund. And I kind of thought that that, like I was so focused on that as the goal. And it was great that, that the goal kind of came to reality. But I guess what was happening was kind of an internal disconnect started happening, which was, you know, I had pursued this goal for so long and I kind of just wasn't happy doing it. And I kind of felt like this is not what I'm designed to do. Like, yes, I could make a lot of money. Yes, I could help people make more money. And, but it just, this disconnect started eating away at me a little bit. And I just was like, look, I just can't envision myself doing this the rest of my life. And, and it made me really think about what do I want out of life? What are the values that matter to me? And, um, and I think I just thought, you know, family something eventually that, I mean, when I have a wife and children, I want to be like the best dad, the best husband. And, you know, I'll probably be working like, I don't know if that's even achievable if I'm just running a hedge fund and just thinking about what, where are my gifts and talents more aligned and what kind of impact can I make with those talents and gifts? And so, yeah, I ended up kind of making the decision, like we're going to shut the hedge fund down. We had a good run and then I was like, I'm going to, you know, I had an idea around entrepreneurship. So step one in the, in the story was I, because I knew the industry so well and all the companies and executives, I ended up going to a few like nutritional supplement and weight loss companies. And, and the thought was let's like healthcare is broken. Things need to move toward prevention. Like why not create a platform that advances prevention within the traditional healthcare, like medical doctor space. And, and just knowing the pain points from my dad, just losing his passion to practice medicine over many years as managed care, like insurance changed and malpractice insurance premiums were going through the roof and revenue was going down, expenses were going up. And, you know, a guy who got in medicine to like help people and really help patients was just like, just hated what he was doing. And I thought that was, I just saw that journey. It was sad. So I was like, listen, let's implement clinically proven prevention programs in doctor's offices, help them earn some income, create health for their patients. And so partnered up with a couple companies, um, which was kind of a low risk way of doing it and built up a, a like a pretty good like distribution. Like we had doctors and others um, going. And then what ended up happening was a company we'd partner with, we'd have like a massive opportunity, a private label for the biggest fertility clinic in the country. And the company would didn't want a private label because they weren't their brand or a product would get discontinued and we'd have no heads up and it would impact, you know, our ability to best serve our doctors and their patients. And so kind of was like, look, maybe there's an opportunity here to, if we can build, like the products have to be world-class, which was the standard when we were evaluating partners anyway. Um, and the kind of thought was if we can do the products as good or better, you know, we can just serve all the people we work with better. Um, and that's when Prevenex was born. And that was 2013. And it was, you know, I'd already had some kind of lumps along the way figuring out like what works, what doesn't. But the thought was pretty much the same. It's like, let's just create best in class products around clinical data and start to offer these to our doctors and our other partners. And then uh, it got crazy from there because, you know, new brand, very limited number of products, lots of people who said, hey, we're definitely coming over with your, you know, with the new product. Some did, some didn't. And that's where the entrepreneurial lumps really started. But I'll pause there because I've been speaking for a little bit. But that's um, that's the journey, at least to get to Prevenex. Yeah. OK, so I guess my first follow up question to that is. Why before all of this, at the point in your life that you were at, why do you think you were so dead set on the hedge fund thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just where I was and what I valued when I was younger. And so, you know, in my 20s, it's kind of like I'm just chasing, hey, let's make money. 
let's, I mean, money was a huge piece, like status, reputation was, which just started getting built in as I was working my way up the, the Wall Street ladder and getting some recognition for my research. And, and it really was, you know, just a different set of values that kind of mm-hmm. guided my life. Um, and I mean, listen, I, I, I think as you're young and you're just, mm-hmm. you're, you're working through life, you just, you kind of are figuring out what matters, what doesn't, what am I interested? What am I not interested in? And at the time it just was exciting to me to like, Hey, let's make money and do fun things and have neat stuff. And, and I think that got a lot less attractive to me mm. as I really did a deep dive on what, like what really matters, you know, it's not the money, it's not the stuff, it's the impact, it's the contribution, it's serving others, it's, you know, making a difference and thinking like, like I've always been a very long-term thinker. Um, like if I'm 80 years old, what will I regret not having tried or what will I have, what would I have told myself as a, you know, 25 year old as I'm thinking through this stuff and it, yeah, just realign my values. And it was like, this stuff doesn't matter that kind of maybe I thought did matter. And it's more of the like legacy type values that do matter and, and reshaping my life around those things. How did your, I know that faith is part of your story here. How did that shape the way you decided to go about starting Prevenex? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, my faith does inform how I think about the world and certainly my values and, you know, and was part of the the journey of actually like finance to entrepreneurship. Um, But I think it just starts with like the core values of like, look, let's serve other people ahead of myself. Let's love, like, what does loving your neighbor actually look like and serving your neighbor well actually look like? And so those things contributed to just the philosophy around, you know, creating health for customers, creating health for malnourished children with the, with our giving back model. And it, and it certainly influences how I view like the call to excellence. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it shaped it because, well, a couple of things. I mean, gosh, it, it was a, it was actually a pretty big leap of faith to start Prevenex because I didn't have any entrepreneurial, like I wouldn't call running a hedge fund, like, you know, an, a, a running a true company um, with like in, you know, manufacturing and distribution and call center and all that that Prevenex has. Um, so I think just having that faith of like, I believe I'm, called to do this and stepping out into that without any assurance of success. Um, <laughs> and gosh, there were so many moments we should have gone out of business, but, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, but just the kind of that, the calling component and just the faith to persevere through some really tough times, because I just felt like, honestly, God was like, Hey, you're, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Here's kind of like, some nibbles at like why you're you're on the right path, but keep going. And I think there were some specific reasons too. Like I needed to be refined a little bit of just some thinking I had when I was a 20 year old and those values and needed to be kind of burned off slowly. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. But but yeah, that's that's a piece of it. How did you deal with the stress of that? I mean, even when things go a little bit haywire with my little business I got going on here, I get like, I just, it stresses me out and I don't like feeling like that. I don't like feeling like things are out of my control and sometimes Mm. they are. So how did you walk through that? Yeah. I mean, I think over time you, I've learned to get better at walking through that. So I think what I know now is the highs are never as high as I think, and the lows are never as low. And so I think, Things that even during you know COVID, right? Things that happened to our business that would have had me freaking out five years ago mm. weren't even. It just was like, all right, we we've been through this kind of stuff. I mean, just a total shift. And I think it's just really the battle having gone through so many things. Um, I mean, in the early days, yeah. I mean, it was hard to manage because. Uh, you know, providing for the, for our family and not being able to provide at certain moments. And, you know, it, it was hard. I mean, it just was kind of one foot in front of the other being very solution oriented, especially with the bigger challenges. Um, you know, and just having the, the understanding, I think as an entrepreneur, I think it's, I can safely say this now is like everything is harder and takes longer than you think. Mm. 
and just keeping that perspective in mind too. And just, you know, part of it's grinding. And I think I'm an optimistic, positive person by nature, which helps. But yeah, at the low, at the lowest moments, I mean, yeah, it's hard. I, I don't even know. It's just kind of a, a faith in what we were doing at Prevenex, a faith in myself and my ability to, to persevere and just a faith in God. Like, all right, this is what I think you're, you're calling me to do. And so I need your contributions here too, you know, to make it through. So. Yeah. It's a lot easier to grind when you wholeheartedly believe in what you're grinding for. Do you still grind like you did five years ago or do you, you know, take a Sunday or in the evenings now that you have your daughter, like, do you say like, I'm off? Like I, I, I can't grind 24 seven. Yeah. So in, in April, we're going to be eight years old as a company. I would say the grind, it's still part of the job description. Um, I'm not doing as much as I used to, like having my hands in so many different things and things I shouldn't be doing. Um, but it's not, yeah, I mean, I'm very specific too about the life that I want to build. And part of that is just, I said it earlier, is like being an excellent husband and father. And so I have really bright lines around what that looks like. So 6 p.m., I am... And we're with COVID, we're, you know, everyone's, or at least Prevenex, we're working from home still. Mm -hmm. So 6 p.m., I mean, computer's off and I'm going to hang out with my daughter and my wife. And, um, you know, I mean, that's just precious time. And the weekends, I mean, occasionally there's a, you know, a Saturday where I might need to work for a few hours. But for the most part, I'm taking the weekends off to really just pour into them, um, which, you know, which I think is important. So, but I'll, but one quick like story. Cause I think this one, yeah. when I think of grind and tenacity, so I serve on a couple of different boards and there's a woman on one of the boards that I um, serve on who started an investment bank in New York city 40 years ago as a woman. And she is an amazing human. And I remember going into a board meeting. She just asked me, David, how's everything going? And I said, I said, Oh, everything's great. You know, we just turned five years old as a company. So this was right when we turned five. And without skipping a beat, she said, oh, congratulations, David. Only five more years to go before you make it. And I was <laughs> like, no, I have to do this for five more years. I, can't, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> um, but I think as I look back, I mean, I think that's right. It's kind of like probably, you know, maybe a 10-year, you know, grind it out. Um, so at least the first five years was, was like all out grind. So, Yeah. Okay. So tell us exactly what product, like what you guys are doing, you talk a lot about how your products have a lot to do with prevention. Um, and I know that you spent a lot of years researching this stuff and, and also you mentioned your, um, your questioning of if these kinds of things actually work. And I know people like that in my life who are skeptics about supplements and things like that. So talk to us about your belief behind the products and what you guys actually are selling. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, so first, I was skeptic number one. Um, it's funny that I landed in this industry as a research analyst. Um, I, you know, I was totally skeptical. I thought supplements were just snake oil, waste of money. And I think what swayed me first, it was kind of maybe three things. One was the basic like physiology of nutrition and ripping into that was was just fascinating. And Simple stuff like what is what are antioxidants? Well, they're antioxidation. Well, what is oxidation and how does that positively or negatively influence our health? And just working through all of that, like basic, you know, simple carbohydrate, complex carbohydrate, and the impact of blood sugar and insulin production and all that. So that like basic knowledge base was number one interesting. And then reading all the clinical data was just kind of mind-blowing, mainly because. I just was shocked I had never learned any of that in school. It just seemed so important. Like nutrition, I think everyone can agree, is, is foundational to health. Diet is like the most important thing. Like, but as far as our specific products, you know, our philosophy, Lindsay, is we're, we're not trying to be a me too or everything to everyone type of company. We only go into categories where we can strongly, you know, state that we have the best XYZ product and here's the clinical data to prove it. So we're very clinical data focused. And so we have a very tight number, you know, we're gonna be eight years old. We only have, I mean, it's like 
basically 10 products. I, I might be off by one either way there, but we have a multivitamin. We have a probiotic, a joint health supplement, a brain health supplement, an omega uh, fatty acid supplement. And then we have a, a real differentiated plant-based uh, plant meal replacement product that's actually between both flavors, our top selling um, product. But where, where it's kind of the difference is we're leading with clinical data and we've got just strong clinical data where we can make some bold claims that you kind of can't do in the supplement industry. Um, but going back to what, what sold me to, you know, I used to think you can get everything you need from your diet, which, which I, you know, I mean, diet is the foundation. You cannot get away from diet. But I think as I was just to put this into, you know, some, some word pictures, I mean, I was researching vitamin E and kind of, if you correlate it to food, you know, to get the levels of vitamin E where the clinical studies show you're getting like clinical benefits and protection, you would have to eat 28.8 pounds of spinach per day or 2.3 pounds of almonds per day. And that's just one letter vitamin. Um, to get the breadth and the levels you need, it's just not possible to do it via uh, diet. It's not. Um, and we've got, you know, when I say data, I'm talking actual clinical data, but we, we can show this via blood work and exposing cells to oxidative stressors. And there's so, the advancements in nutritional science, I mean, it's just advanced quite a bit over the last 10 to 15 years. And so, um, and then, I mean, really, I experienced pretty profound benefits that also showed up in the blood work that also married the science and the every, all the work I've done. And, and now we've got, I mean, I have a, a folder in my email um, system that's just testimonials because they totally fired me up. And we're up to thousands and thousands of, yeah, just really strong testimonials about the effectiveness of our products. And, um, you know, and, that, and by the way, going back to the day, the hard, hard days of entrepreneurship, that folder got lots of clicks because I'm like, you know, let's remember why we're doing this, right, mm -hmm. to create health. But so you marry all that together. And that's why I'm certainly a believer. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the give back model that you have um, with Prevenex. Yeah, sure. So we kind of call ourselves the Tom Shoes of the vitamin space. So for every order of any product, we donate a bottle of our premium children's multivitamin, which is called Supervites, to malnourished children throughout the world. We have some ch uh, partners who are charities that, that reach the most vulnerable children um, and so the way that that got started, so we didn't have that day one, that wasn't a thought. I mean, it was a thought of like, you know, one day it'd be great to make even more of an impact with the business, but certainly like day one of the company that didn't exist, it, it came into existence about three and a half years in. And so my wife, Noelle and I have a huge heart for children. Uh, Noelle's a NICU nurse who has a real passion for caring and advocating for critically sick babies. We both supported children's charities and children in need with our resources over the years. So I guess supporting the organizations and the specific kids that we sponsor just gave us a good perspective on the challenges that impoverished children face. And so our first daughter was born in late 2016 and it like, like it changed our lives in the most amazing ways. Um, I remember just holding her and like, it's like, wow, this, like we created this little baby and this, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. You know, as a mother of four, so it's amazing. Um, but when I'm holding our daughter, I just had this recurring thought of, you know, there's parents that are holding babies just like ours that are going to lose them to preventable things like malnutrition and attacking malnutrition as a company. It was something that I always wanted to do. And I think the birth of our daughter really accelerated this. And so I just started rip, like any good research analyst, I started ripping into uh, malnutrition, started researching malnutrition. And I guess what surprised me, I, I kind of thought malnutrition was really a, like a food and poverty related issue. Uh, but what I learned was that wasn't the whole story. And so I learned that 17,000 children around the world die every day from malnutrition, but for up to 45% of these children, it's not a food or starvation issue. It's actually a vitamin deficiency issue. So if these kids get vitamins, they live. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, listen, at the time it was 2016, like this should not exist in 2016. Literally like 
I knew the cost structure of making vitamins. I knew distribution. And we, we had the resources as a society to solve this problem. Um, and I just knew, like, we have to do something about this. So I walked into the office, like, didn't even model this out, really, like some rough napkin math, but gathered our team, told them we were going to produce a best-in-class children's multivitamin, really for the, for the purpose. It was another area we wanted to get into because that's a whole other story, like sugar marketed as vitamins or candy marketed as vitamins. So knew we wanted to attack that. And I was like, listen, we're going to do that, and we're going to start donating a bottle for every order. And it's been so rewarding. I mean, we so we just celebrated in July our two-year anniversary, and we've donated 773,000-plus Super Bites, which is, like, mind-blowing. Um, and we've you know, done it for, I think, three continents, and Haiti, Guatemala, El Salvador, Peru, and Africa, and it's just – it's just pretty cool to see the impact we're making as a company and the impact we're going to make as we keep growing. Okay. So how do you identify where those vitamins are going? Yeah. So we had really tight criteria around this because I guess you could think of it this a couple ways. One is, Hey, let's just donate the vitamins and some kids will benefit. I mean, we're really about like creating health and human flourishing. And what does that mean to us? Well, it means if we're going to go into a country and we're going to serve a certain, you know, population of children, we're not just going in to go drop a bottle of vitamins and that's it. It's an investment in them. So our instructions to our partners, and I'll t- I can talk about that in a sec, is let's go into a region and let's make sure the children are getting the vitamin day in and day out and day in and day out. So, so we have a couple of children at this point who've been two years been on the multivitamin. And so as we grow as a company, the instruction is let's go find the most vulnerable populations once we're saturated, you know, in Haiti, for example, which I think we're about at capacity there for our charitable partner. Um, Let's go find the next most vulnerable population and make that investment and just continually get them vitamins until we keep growing where then we can serve a new community. Um, the other thing that was really important for us was finding the partners who actually were efficient, effective, and could reach the most vulnerable children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big part of our due diligence and evaluation of our partners. And so cmmb.org is our charitable partner right now. And they're, I mean, I mean, they just reach and have programs that that are effective in helping these extremely vulnerable, malnourished populations restore health. And um, that's how we chose them. We, we launched with a different partner. And you kind of, like as any entrepreneur, you just learn as you go sometimes. And we were not able to get the vitamins in the hands uh, of the children in some cases. And so, you know, but this partner has been extremely effective and really a great partner in reaching these populations where they already have infrastructure built and teams and the ability to, you know, train people. And it, it's been a great partnership. Yeah. That's really valuable to partner with an already established, um, organization, already established organization doing really great work because you know that their hands are already in it. And I think another really cool point here is that, you did change organizations that you worked with. I think that's important to recognize because so many times in business and and nonprofit work and whatever we're doing, we think, well, we already decided to go this route. Let's let's like plow on forward. But it it sounds like you guys recognize that it wasn't the right fit, and to make this like long term sustainable and to do the most good, you changed directions. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a, another story there too, like just a lesson learned is. So my wife and I had supported, I'm not going to name the organization yeah, just because sure. I don't want to throw them under the bus, but we had supported an organization. I mean, great work they do serving children, like poor children, vulnerable children, malnourished children. And I probably didn't do enough due diligence on the front end of can they actually execute a program that we have envisioned. Mm-hmm. And and it was, we just had launched the program. So there was no, there were no vitamins donated yet. There, it was just an idea and I think I didn't do enough due diligence. I just assumed because they were excellent as we were you know, working with them as, as just donors and partners um, that they could execute. And, I, and look, they, they wanted to execute it. So they certainly said they could. And, but you just, 
you know, that was a good lesson learned. Like, okay, I need to do more due diligence, not just on this, but maybe some other things too. Just good business lesson. And, um, and yeah, you, you know, like we're not, we don't want to settle. We want to find the best partners and the best ways to create health and impact people. So it, it worked out and our current partner is amazing. Yeah, I love that. It's I, It seems like the theme of 2020 in my brain is like reconsidering like everything that you might have once thought to be true or whatever. It's like I just take that so seriously with the words I say, the way I run my shows, like everything I do. I'm like, OK, I might have said this four days ago, but let me review that and maybe I'd reconsider how I would say it now. Um, and I just think it's a really important way to to live your life. Like just reconsider things sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I had another question regarding the give back model. Let me think here for a second. Oh yeah. Okay. So how did, I know you touched on this a little bit, but how did becoming a dad change your, like change just the way you live your life and how you want to live your life and show your daughter how you go about every day? Yeah, that's a great question. So, well, it changed my life in every which way. And I would say the most amazing ways. But some background here that'll it'll tie into some things I've talked about was, so my parents divorced when I was seven. My mom divorced again when I was just about ending college. And I think I had been thinking about being a dad. So I, I think I've been wired to be a dad. Like it is my favorite role. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love being a husband. I love being a business owner. I love a lot of things, but I love being a dad. It's just the best in my book. And I really started probably when I was around 14, just thinking about, okay, when I have children one day, what do I, what do I want that to look like? Cause there was just a lot of dysfunction in just going through divorces and separate houses and, um, it just it just got me thinking from an early age, what what do I want that to look like? And like, what cycles do I want to break? Um, and really at a young age, probably before, I don't know, I know, I can only have my experience, but I mean, that, that's what the stuff I was thinking about. Um, and just projecting like being a dad when I was young, like that's what I want to be. And here's kind of the things I would never let happen and what I would like to see happen. And so, yeah, I mean, so when, our daughter was born. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing in the beginning is just all out of whack sleep schedules, you know, the drill (laughs) there. Um, but then just thinking more about legacy and like, what do we want to leave her and teach her and, you know, about just about, about life. I mean, about all that stuff. And certainly like the giving back, I mean, she directly influenced that piece of our business as I was just, you know, like we're fortunate enough where she's going to have food and a roof over her head. And I mean, it's just, I don't know, my heart goes out to children who are born, like they have no control going back to control. Like they have no control over their environment. They have no control over what, what family they're born into. And I don't know, just this fundamental belief of like, man, that's like, let's, I don't know, let's just help children. We love children. And, um, and she, yeah, I mean, she just accelerated and influenced the giving back program, but also, yeah, I mean, look, my goals are not, let's go play golf and every day and let's go out to the bars and it's, (laughs) let's do fun family things, create memories and, I just love hanging out with my, my family. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. So yeah, it changed a lot of things for sure. Do you visit any of the places where you guys are distributing for the give back program? Yeah. So in Haiti, which was our really first big, big, big country that we served. Um, so through CMMB, our charitable partner, they have built a hospital in a, a town, probably four hours away from Port-au-Prince and, at the hospital, they have kind of like a guest house, let's call it. And so we we had plans to get a trip down and then COVID kind of messed things up. Um, so we have not visited yet, but we get a lot of video. We get a lot of, of stories and that's a part of the requirements too, just deliverables. Um, but one of the goals, so when COVID kind of settles down and, you know, let's, we'll see kind of how that all works out. But 
we definitely, um, I want to get down there. And, and more than that, like we're going to start sending employees down at specific, like maybe two or three year anniversary date, because I just really want, I want our team to know like the work they do matters, which I think everyone already knows that because we just, we get so many testimonials and, and just, you know, it's, it's great, but like getting into the experience of like seeing and helping serve the malnourished kids, I think is just something we want to get into our regular rotation. So long winded answer of saying, no, I have not, but that's some color around it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all had goals of going somewhere in 2020 that got totally derailed. (laughs) Totally derailed. I had this huge goal to do a lot of my interviews for my other podcast. I'll have another uh, in person. I was like, yep, I'm going to go and I'll go to one city and I'll knock out like six or seven interviews in a city where there's all these distance runners that live there. And then I'll go to another city and then I'll just, you know, get them all that way and we'll do them all in person. We'll capture video. And then 2020 was like, no, you won't. (laughs) You're going to be doing that from Skype. Yep. It's been a crazy year. Crazy year. But that doesn't mean that those things won't you know, won't happen in 2021, 2022. Um, okay, David, well, let's wrap up here with some end of the podcast questions. Um, I'm really excited about what you're doing. I think it's really inspiring that you changed the total trajectory of your career and just pursued something that a, you knew a lot about and, um, you have an amazing product that I personally take every single day. So yeah, thanks for your hard work on that. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for the kind words to you. We appreciate it. Well, we've talked a lot about your professional life and your work, but what is something professionally and what is something personally in your life that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, good one there. So professionally, so I've got a huge vision for Prevenex. And so two things that I definitely want to do that, you know, we'll see when the timing aligns or if we get there is one, well, one is for sure. We want to start a separate foundation because we think we can, we know we can have a greater impact on these malnourished children we're serving through a foundation model that kind of Prevenex funds. And then we could just get to the important work of just producing more and more vitamins through the foundation in addition to the Give Back program. Number two, which is kind of a fun one, is the Prevenex Cafe. I've, in traveling and seeing some things, like we're, we're very, uh, my, my wife and I are very healthy eaters and, um, get jazzed by new health restaurants. And so I think there's an opportunity for, uh, I don't know if disruption is the right word, but I think we have a, I have a cool idea around a little Prevenex cafe that we can kind of launch in the community where our offices are. And, and I think there's some interesting potential from that and just the ability to create health through food and through some other things we were thinking about there. Um, and then personally, thing that jumps out is I've never been to Iceland and I want to go to Iceland. I think it'd be really fun and that'd be a fun trip. So have you traveled around much around the world? I'm, I'm so lame. I've literally only been to Mexico. I've stayed in the United States. I'm not a good traveler. I am a nervous flyer, but have you traveled a, a decent amount? You know, I don't I mean, I think it's all relative. I, when I was younger, um, especially when I was playing competitive water polo, we were traveling, I mean, Greece, Hungary, um, doing kind of tours and staying in the country and exploring. I, I haven't so much traveled since like really even my finance journey began. I went to New Zealand. That was an epic, like an action adventure adventure trip mm. um, where, you know, I, I want to get it. Well, I couldn't walk for three months after that because I blew out my leg, like oh. crazy, crazy stuff. But um, like hike not, from hiking? Yeah, I wish it was a good story. I mean, the day before I did it, we were climbing glaciers. So Franz Joseph was this big glacier we were climbing. And maybe there'd be a cool story. I like fell off a glacier or something. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be that cool. But um, yeah, we were just looking at this this beautiful lake, this reflection lake, and realized like our bus to the next city was leaving and started running and Uh. like planted wrong. And like my, you know, blew out all the tendons and bone bruise. And there was like a fusion of a bone. It was like the craziest thing. So um, just running that's yeah what a lame I story know. <laughs> I know sorry for the lame story but um but yeah I mean traveled a little bit when I was younger but not not a lot uh since becoming a parent definitely yeah, yeah. Probably even since getting married 
Yeah, yeah. Quick question. You, I forgot to mention that you uh, competed in sports collegiately. What I don't know about that part of your life. What did you do? Were you a runner? No, no. So I played water polo. Water polo. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so water polo and swimming were kind of my jam. Do you ever miss it? Do you still play ever? It's so funny. So a couple days ago, uh, so one of our ambassadors, our product ambassador is a four-time Olympian going to his fifth Olympics uh, in water polo. Oh, cool. And he's just started kind of a little business. And we'll talk every few months about just advice and different things. And I told him, I'm like, Jesse, you know, I got to tell you, in prepping, like just seeing you know, this call is on the calendar, like I really miss playing. Like it was so fun to play and played up until our daughter was born. So I was playing on master's teams and we were competing against college kids and uh-huh. having a ton of fun. But uh, I do miss it. Yeah, I do miss it. It's it's a fun sport and it's fun to be good at something too and, you know, know what you're doing. And it was fun. I miss it. Ah, I love that. And also, by the way, I want to come to, I'm jealous about the Prevenex Cafe when it happens because you don't live in Indianapolis and it sounds like someplace I'd like to visit. You will get an invite to the grand opening. It's a, it's a vision that's going to take a while to materialize, but when it does happen, I will make a note. You'll get an invite for sure. Okay. It'll be, it'll be in times where people are flying again, where people are, are again traveling. Okay. What is bringing you joy right now? You know, I, so I love being a dad. I love, I mean, I talked about this already, but I think just honestly, I love what I do. I love making an impact. And yeah, there's just, I have so much to be thankful for right now. And I know the world's in a little bit of a crazy state. Um, but what brings me joy is hanging out with my daughter, hanging out with my wife and going to work every day, doing the work that I love doing. Yeah, man. It feels good to love your job. That's awesome. Who is someone or what is an organization that you would like to illuminate on this podcast? Yeah. So I'll give another shout out to CMMB. I mean, this was an organization that I did not know anything about. And we had a really strict criteria for like executing our giving back program. And I mean, kudos to them as an organization, they're doing incredible work serving vulnerable women and children and they're investing in mothers and they're investing, they're they're just doing such great work. And as I've gotten to know their team, from the CEO to the people who execute our program. I mean, just great people. And so, yeah, I'd love to give them a, sh- a shout out there. I never heard of them before we started working together and they're just doing great, great works. CMMB.org. What's the like, what's the um, umbrella of their business? Like what is the work that they do? I know they're distributing your vitamins, but what were they already doing? So they're, so first off they're, they're building hospitals. Okay. Um, different regions. And so they're distributing much needed pharmaceutical, like Mm. anti-malaria, that kind of stuff in partnership with some pharmaceutical companies to get critical healthcare to women and children and just access to healthcare. I Mm -hmm. mean, to vulnerable people who who don't unfortunately have access in, in the regions where they serve. They have a champs program where they're, they're really figuring out like, yeah, how do we get to the most vulnerable communities and populations and just invest in food and clean water and nutrients. Um, so that was the work they were doing. They didn't have, uh, I mean, they were, they're doing sub distribution of vitamins, but, but certainly like this has been their big, our donations have been their big, um, vitamin push, but it's all works in concert with the other work they're doing. I love that. That's so awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to look them up. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, I've read some really good ones. So Atomic Habits by James Clear. Really, I'm a, I'm a big efficiency, like how do you get the most out of yourself? Mm-hmm. So Atomic Habits was excellent. Um, the Power of Habit was a long time ago. I thought that was excellent, but this kind of builds on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw out two others okay. just because they stand out. So Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, oh, I thought so was amazing. It was Oh my gosh, the story of entrepreneurship and lucky breaks and perseverance. <laughs> and I mean, what an amazing, well written story. And then the third one, um, Essentialism, I recommend probably is my most recommended book and gifted book that I give, just about the importance of focusing on like the most important thing and putting all your energy 
into that uh, versus like dispersing energy across a whole lot of things where you can't really push too much because your energy is you know, dispersed. And it, that was a, like a life-changing book that I keep reading just because it's, it's so good. Oh, that is wonderful. I've heard somebody ask this question before, like, what's the book that you gift? Like, what's the book that you, you carry around with you and like give out to people? And I've never come up with like my answer to that, my own answer to that question. So I love that you just already have that habit implemented in your life. Now I have a candle that I always gift people. <laughs> it's it's from Evil Queen and it's called Damn It's Early and it smells like coffee and hazelnut and it is like <laughs> the best smelling candle. All the t- kids get their teachers get those as gifts. Like I always, when I order them, I order extra because if I'm in a, like a quick hurry and I need to run somewhere, like give someone a gift and I forgot like a housewarming gift or whatever, I'm like, oh, I have extra Damn It's Early candles and they smell delicious. Um, I love it. There's going to be so many people ordering those now, including me, because you just sold that. That is that sounds amazing. You need to order one. I mean, I can't. There's no candle on this planet that compare compares, and it burns for a long time too. So, um, and I it's I've been watching her business too. Like she's kind of exploded in the last couple of years. So yeah, I'm a big fan. But um, I'm still on a mission to find that book that I give out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Have you read Essentialism? No, and I'm going to now. I have it's, to. It's, it's Yeah, as an entrepreneur yourself, it's just, I'd be curious what you think of it. Okay. You... Yeah, and I wasn't surprised to hear you mention Shoe Dog. It's such a perfect book for so many reasons, but for an entrepreneur, for sure, it's a good one. Okay. By the way, I'm going to send you Essentialism. So don't worry. You just It's going to come. That'll okay. be my, my gift. <laughs> Because I love gifting that book. So. Okay, and then I'll and then I'll pass it. I'll uh, I'll I'll reget. I'll gift again. Like I'll get somebody somebody else the book if love I it. enjoy it. Uh, okay, what is your one message to send to the world, David? Yeah, I mean, I think create. So creating health changes lives. Everyone deserves the opportunity to flourish, and at our healthiest, we can make the greatest impact to our families, communities, and the world. And I mean, that's what it's all about to me. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us today on the Illuminate Podcast. We're so happy to have you here. You can check us out on social media. We are the Illuminate Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and we are Illuminate underscore pod over on Twitter. Make sure you check out what Prevenex is doing and all the great work David is doing over there. Uh, Their Instagram is Prevenex, and you can also find their website, Prevenex.com. Again, if you're interested in um, checking out their products, you can use the code ANOTHER if you want to check them out and get 15% off your order. Um, We appreciate you being here so much. We've got some great episodes coming up in the coming weeks. And I want to say a huge thanks and welcome aboard to our newest host, Emma Benner. She's been doing a wonderful job bringing some great episodes to the podcast. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with any of your friends on social media, in your group texts. Take a screenshot, share it. That is one of the best ways new listeners can find us. And make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and leave us a rating and review. That would be awesome. We appreciate you. Hope this story brought you some motivation today and have a wonderful Wednesday. We will see you next Wednesday on the Illuminate podcast.